Before we get to today's episode of Off the Bench on the Wizards Podcast Network, we want to remind you to download the Wizards app as the season approaches. On the go and in the palm of your hand, the official Washington Wizards team app is your mobile home for all things Wizards. Everything you need to know when it comes to game previews and recaps, radio broadcasts and stats, all at the touch of a button. You can even access the Monumental Sports Network and the Wizards Podcast Network with ease. Download the official Wizards team app today. Game 12.3. They got to go quick. Beal will pull up for three. He hits it. 35 for Beal. Two point game. Matthews with a steal. Here's Westbrook for three. He hits it. Wizards up by one. Wow. What's up, Wizards fans? Welcome to another episode of the Off the Bench podcast presented by the Alibaba Group and part of the Wizards Podcast Network. I'm Jackson Filio, joined as always by Zach Rosen of Wizards Digital. Uh, we are joined today by a pair of special guests, the guys that made the call that you just heard happen last night on NBC Sports Washington, Justin Kutcher and Drew Gooden. Guys, the plan today was to do a very 30,000 feet up look at what you guys go through on a game day, not specific to any one game, but we can't pretend last night didn't happen. That incredible comeback win over, over Brooklyn. Justin, I'll start with you. Where does, where does that game, that moment rank for you among, among the moments that you've had an opportunity to call? Uh, truthfully, it's probably top five, um, maybe top three. It was, it was remarkable um, to think the Wizards were down 18 in that first quarter. Scott Brooks called three timeouts. Uh, Mo Wagner, Garrison Matthews come in to, to actually have that happen. I grew up a Knicks fan. So it reminded me of Reggie Miller against the Knicks when Reggie kind of pushed Greg Anthony down, got the ball back, stepped back, looked at, you know, Spike Lee. Um, but Drew and I are next to each other. And, and it's just like, wait, did that really just happen? And um, here we are, you know, 14, 15 hours later, and I still can't believe it happened. Um, so yeah, I would I would definitely say it's top three moments that I've ever had the chance to call in my career. And Drew, you've seen so many of those moments as a player, but now from the broadcasting booth, what was it like to see it from a different perspective and have to kind of sift through it in the moment and, and make it all sound good and clear for the fans back home? I'll tell you what, it was an exciting moment. Um, it was probably the most exciting moment I had as an announcer for the for the Wizards thus far in my short career. I mean, just from the circumstances of where uh, the state of the Wizards are right now and, and just the feel of everything, all the injuries, all just all the hoopla surrounding the Wizards right now, it was a much needed win. And to be able to call that game and the outcome and, and how that just unraveled at the end, I mean, it was, I think it's an instant classic. And to hear JK's call uh, when Russell Westbrook hit that shot after Garrison Matthews stole, stole the inbound pass, I mean, that is, that's an instant classic. And that's going to be something that's going to be in the history books. I feel like, uh, I don't know if you guys remember this game from a few years back. LeBron hit like a, a three fading away into the bench. He actually fell on Ted to tie the game and send it to overtime. It was like a crazy high scoring game and it didn't go our way. Um, and I feel like that, 
I know it was different teams, different circumstances, but I, that game was in the back of my head because that's always been like the premier regular season top game that I've been to. And I think this one surpassed it just because the Wizards actually got the win. And I mean, like you said, the Reggie Miller came to mind, T-Mac uh, scoring, you know, all his points in the final minute in that one game. So it was exciting, man. I mean, I'm glad that um, we finally got a win after this long, long time out um, back at full strength. So, uh, we can only go up from, you know, this moment and hopefully build on it. Yeah. And, and one thing I'll add to it, it, it's really cool that that game happened to be the marquee game on NBA TV. So not only the people in, in DC got to see it, but the people across the country got to see it as well. And they saw the wizards at their best and the amount of texts that I've gotten being like, man, that is a fun team to watch that. That was awesome. Um, I think it helps boost the wizards and hopefully it sends this team on a run um, because if, if these guys are healthy and Russ can play the way that he showed last night, then it's what we kind of expected this whole year coming in. Yeah. And you mentioned the broadcast being on NBA TV. We've had this, this little interview here planned for about a week. It could not have been timed better. What we want to do today <laughs> is kind of take fans through what you guys go through on a game day from start to finish from preparation all the way to signing off on the game. And it's fun to get you guys right after such an exciting game like that, but kind of starting a little bit more generally, guys. Justin, you guys are in year two um, on the job with NBC Sports Washington, calling every single Wizards game. You've, you've done play-by-play -play before. This is hardly your first foray into the industry. Um, what, what about the NBA beat differentiates itself from the other play-by-play -play gigs that you've had? Um, I think there are a couple of things. One is as a play-by-play -play announcer, what you want is the opportunity to call games. And it feels like we get to call a game almost every other day. So that's awesome as a play-by-play -play guy. And secondly, um, when you go from doing a national schedule to doing a team schedule, your prep is actually easier. Um, I know the wizards like the back of my hand. So when I go to do my prep every night or every morning, it's like, okay, I got to worry more about one team than the other because I can talk about the Wizards off the top of my head. But when you're going to do a national game, it feels like you're cramming for an exam before every game. Um, and I don't know about you, but I wasn't a great student. So um, I'm a good procrastinator and I can, I can really dig in when I need to. But um, yeah, I, I, people asked me last year and I said, honestly, it's easier. And beyond that, you happen to know more of the NBA than you would say college players across the country. Um, so that's helpful. And it's been a ton of fun and getting the chance to work with Drew and, and having us come up together as, you know, the new broadcast team and having our friendship form. Um, it's been, it's been like a gift. It's been awesome. And Drew for you, I mean, you, started doing this pretty much right after you retired for the most part, you're doing a little three, three V three, uh, still seeing what you had in your last <laughs> legs. But besides that, you know, what, what's really surprised you about this gig? I know you, you were kind of filling in a bit, um, a few years before you became full time too. I'll tell you what, the transition was quite smooth. And I would say I was, I was just removed from the NBA. So the relationships I had, especially with the, with the wizards, um, it was still fresh. I mean, the relationships that I had with John Wall, Bradley Bill, um, some of the other existing guys that were on the team at that time, I think it, uh, it helped me transition into the broadcast world 
a lot easier because I had the stories to talk about. Um, I, I could talk about Bradley Bill's work ethic on air. I could talk about John Wall and his tendencies and what he need to get better at and what I thought he could get better at. And then both of those guys as teammates and just sharing those stories. So I think the transition helped me uh, out a lot, just being a former player. And the time that I transitioned over, like you said, I was just a year removed from playing, not even, and, um, and joined up uh, with NBC Sports Washington doing a pregame halftime and post. And then uh, when Carol Lawson uh, had days off, I was sub, sub in for her. And that kind of gave me some reps to get comfortable and, uh, and get better. But it's been uh, something that I actually enjoy. Uh, I'm passionate about the job. Um, you know, I'm supposed to be retired. They say, hey, you're a retired NBA player. But uh, I, I feel like I never had a job. I mean, this is my second time not having a job because I'm so passionate about it. Uh, like I, I joke with Justin. I'm like, I'm actually getting paid for this. <laughs> so um, it's a blessing, first of all. And it's a great position to be in. Um, it, it's an honor, first of all. So you never want to take things for granted. Um, you know, and, and a lot of ex-basketball players and a lot of ex-professional athletes um, I think they figure out after probably a year or two uh, the value that they can bring to a production. And I think now that's all starting to unravel. I'm starting to see that more. And, and it's helping me with my prep. And um, for me, you know, a, a game day preparation would be simple. You know, uh, the night before, you know, I kind of, uh, I would talk with Rich Wolf, our producer, uh, Zach, that's your best friend. I, I heard on the streets, uh, you guys are pretty close. <laughs> There's a reason we didn't invite him. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, I have my uh, my afternoon call with Rich Rich Wolf the, uh, the night or the day before the game. And we just talk basketball. We'll talk uh, what happened the previous game. Uh, just talk Wizards. Talk uh, the state of the Wizards. And, and just come up with something that could kind of transition or lead us into uh, the following broadcast or the next game. And then we'll start talking about, uh, you know, the hot players who the star track, um, just uh, funny topics for us to discuss during uh, the crossover segment we have uh, with Wes Hall, uh, Chris Miller, and those guys, Jason Smith, Brendan Haywood, uh, just, a, just a, a fine uh, hot topic that we could kind of, talk about to just gain some interest leading up to the game. And then once, uh, you know, tip up, the tip off is uh, occurred, you know, that's this time for me and Justin to kind of shine and do our thing. And I, I think, you know, Justin has a harder job than me with the preparation, because if you look at his notes before the game, it's like a thesis, you know, he has to, <laughs> he has to kind of hit all his points and everything with me, uh, stat sheets, um, I really rely on a lot of stats, uh, prior stats, last 10 games, individual stats. And with stats and analytics, that kind of tells me the story. Um, I almost look at it as a, uh, I'm almost an experienced lawyer when it comes to basketball. And if you, uh, if you put a case or a document in front of me, I, I could tell you who's guilty and who's not. Uh, <laughs> so that's, uh, that's kind of, I think one of my strengths is being able to see numbers and put the story together. And that helps with my game day preparation. It, Justin kind of bouncing over to you. Drew mentioned, Drew mentioned the notes. I actually, I, I sit relatively close to you guys in the arena for games. So I can see your whole setup. I can see all the notes that you have all spread out. Let's talk about those notes. When does that start? When you lock in preparing for a game, obviously 
you know, if you're watching games around the league, you'll take a note the week before, okay, the Wizards have this guy coming up. But when talking about locking in and, and really going through your routine, when does that start and what does it entail? Uh, usually it starts the day before. Um, what I'll do is I'll print up uh, the rosters and I, I've got my notes here that I can show you. But what I do is I go through, um, I, I always like to try to trim down my roster so I can have both teams on one sheet. And so I'll look, I'll, I'll do a full roster. I'll go through the team stats, figure out, okay, this guy's not playing. This guy's not playing. This guy's not playing. I'll take them off. And then I, I come up with this and that's my typical um, game day roster. And it looks like it's a ton of information. Okay. It looks like it's a ton of information, but um, in any case, it's, it's really not. I'm, I'm a minimalist. Um, I've, I've been lucky enough that I've been mentored, you know, by Joe Buck. We've talked about it before. And Joe has always told me, you know, call the game. That's the most important thing. If you need to look something up, you've got time. And the numbers that I have here, it's, it's a couple of stats. It might be what guys have done the last four or five games. It's their overall numbers. It's numbers that I have there that support if Drew says something on the air, I can look down and be like, yeah, you know what? He's two for his last 11 from three, and he just hit his first two. Um, something like that to supplement and add to the, to the broadcast. Um, but I start the day before. Uh, usually I finish the morning of the game. I'm weird. I'm routine oriented. I've got a full game day routine. So if the game is at seven o'clock, I back time everything. I'll usually wake up around 8.39, finish my notes, uh, have some breakfast, take a 30 to 45 minute nap, wake up, do my workout, cook dinner, and then head to the arena. And that's, that's my game day routine. No matter if I'm at home or if I'm on the road in years past, that's, that's what I do. And uh, when I'm at the hotel, Usually I don't leave my room unless I go to the gym, um, but I need to get a pregame workout in and I need to get a pregame uh, nap in. And that's, that's almost my superstition. Sorry, do you me. have a superstition? Uh, a superstition? Yeah. Uh, I had a lot, especially when uh, I was playing, but now they're starting to die down. But uh, I would say my superstition right now is trying to get the same parking spot at the arena. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's transitioning the parking spots. It used to be like lockers and tying my shoes a certain way. And, you know, uh, uh, I had a lot, especially when uh, I was playing, but now they're starting to die down. But uh, I would say my superstition right now is trying to get the same parking spot at the arena. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's transitioning the parking spots. It used to be like lockers and tying my shoes a certain way. And, you know, uh, things related to basketball, but now driving to the arena is about uh, that parking spot and, and where can I park? So I guess my, my new superstition as of late is trying to park at the exact parking spot uh, at the gallery place. <laughs> And you know, you know, what's funny guys is that you talk about it and, and I've always been so superstitious, but usually I do the colors on my board for the team colors. And I've recently just been, not even recently, I, if, if the wizards win. So last night, the color that I had for them was red. It was red and black. I alternate Well, they won. So the game for tomorrow night will be red and black. And I'll just keep on doing that. And, and if they lose and you change things up 
And I know it sounds stupid, but I, um, I'm, I'm superstitious and I want this team to win. Um, so if they win, I keep on doing the same thing. You mentioned arriving at the arena, Drew, in your lucky parking spot. What, uh, what do you guys do as soon as you arrive? Oh, well, as soon as we get there, uh, usually we're eating. Um, and if you know Rich Wolf, like I know Rich Wolf, he loves to eat. So uh, <laughs> we, we, we meet, we have a round table, table discussion, me, Justin, um, Rich Wolf, Chris Grain, and David Duvall. Um, that's kind of our, our crew, our production crew uh, before the game. We get together, we just, you know, talk, discuss sports, uh, current events, uh, Wizards, sometimes football, Washington football team fan at Richard. He's a huge Washington football um, fan. But uh, it, it, it's something that over the years has become, uh, I, I think, family orientated. I, I look forward to the production meetings. We get there around 4.45 to 5 o'clock around that window and, um, and just chop it up and just talk, uh, talk basketball. And I think that kind of breaks the ice. Uh, it, it's helpful for us, um, I think, leading up to the game and in the game because something might be brought up during those conversations that I didn't think about the night before or didn't think about uh, dr before I was driving up to the arena. So uh, I like to take advantage of that time for us to get together and just uh, get that camaraderie and, uh, and go out there and, uh, and perform. Yeah, I think um... – what happens when, when I get to the arena is, is join those conversations, um, get things in order. It's, it's very different this year than in years past, because obviously this year we are um, exclusive to our area. Uh, in years past, we'd go down to the media room, sit around, have a conversation, leave to go hear Coach Brooks speak, then go to the uh, opposing head coach, go upstairs, voice things over and, and all that kind of stuff. This year, we can't interact with the players. We can't interact with the coaches. So when we get there, um, we can't even interact with our stage manager. So um, for those of you who don't know, a stage manager is somebody who sits up there with Drew and I, and they'll hand us, you know, cards if we have to read promos on the air. They'll get us waters if we can't leave. And they're there to help us do what we can't do because we're busy. Um, but this year we don't have that. So Rich Wolf will give me a packet of all the promos we have to read. And I go through a folder and I put those in this way. I can almost play the role of stage manager and, and Rich and I can communicate that way. Um, but truthfully, I think all the work for me or most of the work is done before I get to the arena. Um, when I get to the arena, it's more just talking with Drew and we may talk about certain things we see during warmups and that may lead to what we talk about during the game. Um, or, or, or is Raja, or is Raja Rondo a hall of famer? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just the other day we started, we got into a heated discussion about that. Um, that's a good one. so that's, that's the fun stuff that we, that you get to do, but I just go through, I highlight what I think is important on my board. Um, I make notes of, um, I always tape down my stats in front of me. So I have both teams stats so I can look things up, whether it's a free throw percentage or three point percentage during the game, I have that easily accessible. Uh, but otherwise Drew's right, man, eat, uh, make sure we have our nourishment and, uh, get ready to call a game. Um, and once the game starts, that's when the fun really begins. Yeah. So let's go there. Preparation is done. The pregame show has 
thrown the broadcast to you guys and 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 we're rolling the game's off we hear you guys obviously we we catch, we catch a lot of it we catch a lot of your communication but to make a broadcast happen there's a lot of stuff that we don't hear there's a lot of stuff that we don't see what is your guys off mic communication like do you guys have like silent signals that you give to each other i know you guys have rich in your ear the whole game um what's that like what don't what don't we see what don't we hear that helps you guys get through a well, broadcast you're not gonna hear anything because we hit the cough button when we talk. <laughs> <laughs> oh it's been some times where we uh hit the cough button and look at each other and, and we're you gotta think with protocol now um we're divided by plexiglass. So, uh, you know, we can't like high five each other, slap five and say, you know, that was a good play, but we can't hit the cough button and kind of, you know, read lips through the, <laughs> through the plexiglass of, uh, was that a good play? Was that a bad play? What do you want to go to? What do you want to lead into? Uh, should I go this way with this, uh, a certain subject, but we communicate that way. Some, you, some, a lot of that stuff you won't hear on air because like I said, there's a cough button for a reason. But um, outside of that, I think JK hit the hit, uh, hit the nail on the head. All the fun starts once the game starts. And for me, right after the uh, tip off, I, I kind of, you know, let Justin do his thing with the lineups leading to the injury report. And then once the game starts, I try to get out a couple keys, I think that would help the, the Wizards to victory or lead them to victory. Uh, whether it's on the offensive end, defensive end, or something I've seen in the last couple of games, or something that the opposing team has done or does well, I would throw that out there for, uh, uh, you know, a tee up for the Wizards to look out for and, and a key to victory. So I think if I could throw that out there, that's kind of like my introduction as um, far as the color analyst for the game and, um, and, and how I view the Wizards coming out or the outcome of the game and or what what can help the Wizards actually win that win that ball game but um like like JK said I'm the color analyst so once the play happens uh or something happens on the court he does his feel he talks about exactly what happens and then I'll come out and tell you why how or um what they can do better to either um you know offensively, defensively, come up with a, a different strategy or something that can help them out and kind of paint the picture for the fans at home, um, a, a different view that they um, are probably thinking, you know, just recreating that rhetoric, I think, or the narrative. Because, you know, being fans at home, I mean, being a, being in the audience on the couch, you know, I've been there. There's some things that you want to hear, some things you don't want to hear from a color analyst. And I think uh, just pointing out the little things um, and, and not the norm, I think is interesting and we keep, we'll keep our fans in tune. So I try to not point out the norm and try to just give my experiences, my stories and, and you know, my past time here with the Wizards and, and try to dig a little bit deeper on that insight and provide it for the fans. Yeah, I, I, to, to piggyback off of that, what I would say is, and I want to give Drew a lot of credit um, I think he's shown tremendous improvement. I mean, Drew last year came to me. He's like, hey, JK, I'm the rookie. Like, I need help. Like, right. I, I want to be coached at this and that. And, and I think Drew this year has done a really great job of kind of taking you inside the player's mindset and talking about why the play happened and, and, and how. It's not just recapping that. It's not stating the obvious. He's going beyond and it really helps. But as far as in game, what happens, uh, commercial breaks, the, the, 
verbal communication, the nonverbal communication, we're talking all the time. I mean, we're both young guys. We're also checking our phones, uh, you know, getting text messages. I may show him a text message that I got that's funny. Uh, we share jokes with each other. Um, we laugh a lot. I've always said that, you know, as Drew said, we're really, really lucky to have this job. And we get to call games for a living. And so I've said throughout my career, if I don't make the viewer laugh at least once, I'm not doing my job because it means I'm not having fun and we have to be having fun. So when you hear us laugh and I've had belly laughs on the air, they're genuine. I mean, like Drew and I, we, we, we have a fun time just chopping it up and, and off the air. That's oftentimes what we're doing. <laughs> we may be talking about something pertaining to the game or we're telling a story and we hit that cough button and then it's like, all right, back in three, two, and you got to go, you know, with a straight face. Um, but I, I think that's part of what makes this job great, to be honest with you, is uh, when you get to work with someone that you get along with and, and you get to share these experiences with. Even last night during the game, he had a call about, you know, calling an ambulance. Um, I forget <laughs> what the beginning part was. And I just... I couldn't even say a word going to break because I was just laughing. Um, and and that's that's what's so much fun. And, and so we do that. And that's what fans don't get a chance to see. Um, but that is what's happening during the game. For it, like was the when post Ish, it, it, it was when uh, Ish Smith crossed over uh, Tyler Johnson. He <laughs> fell on the ground. Yeah. <laughs> that was nasty. <laughs> Yeah. Or uh, I know like in the past, Chris Miller always did the post game uh, interview. So like last night, Russ, Scott Hall is making sure Russ goes over, gets the headset on, and then you guys have to, you know, divvy up the, the post game interview. How does that communication process work? Because you're like finishing calling the game and then there's kind of like a weird waiting period where like, is Russ coming? I mean, we see him, like, can we hear him? Like, how do you kind of work through that kind of moment? So truthfully, um, last night we knew we we're getting a, a post-game guest. We didn't know who. So I am talking, recapping what happened, and Rich Wolf is telling us, all right, we're going to have a guest. And I can't hit my talkback button to say, who's the guest? And he's like, all right, Russ is with us. And I'm like, all right. And, and so <laughs> I just lead into that first question. So basically, Drew and I know because I'm wrapping things up, I'm going to welcome in, you know, whoever the player is that, that's going to be the interview. I'll ask the first question. Drew will ask the second. And if one of us have a follow-up, we'll do that. Otherwise, we let them go. Um, but last night, it was great having Rush join us. Um, loved his honesty. And uh, I think we we're all just so fired up for the victory. Um, I don't know about you guys, but it took me a long time to unwind and get some sleep. It was a late night, no doubt. Okay. Uh, and I, I, honestly, honestly, with the with the nonverbal, sometimes I'll just look at Drew or he'll look at me, and he'll, you know, you just kind of hold up the finger like, "Hey, I, I'll go," or or he'll go, and it's taken that way. All right. Well, you guys have been super generous with your time. I think this is a really informative look through from start to finish for everything that you guys do for for making these broadcasts happen. We only get to see it for a couple hour windows, but we know we see how hard you guys work and it's a, it's a full day process and um, it's fun to see it pay off, especially in a game like last night with, with such an exciting finish and, and such a great call with um, a lot of exposure. And, and obviously like we all said, hopefully it's something we can turn into some momentum and, and get a few more moments 
moments like that. But guys, thanks so much for being so generous with your time. This was, this was super awesome and we really appreciate it. Absolutely. Anytime guys. Appreciate it.